0: Welcome to Blue Talks. I hope you enjoy this amazing talk by Deanne Riendo. I truly can't see how you wouldn't. Again, welcome to Blue Talks, and I'm the founder of Blue Talks, Corey Poirier. Enjoy. I've been observing people lately. And I've been observing myself lately. Do you guys want to know what I've uncovered? Do you guys want to know what I've yeah. discovered? Yeah. Yes? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty big news. Ah. The zombie apocalypse is already here. But we're not after blood and flesh, people. Mm-mm. Instead, we are after. The likes, the follows, the hearts. Corey talked about the endorphin rush we get. We become addicted. Maybe happiness is in this pizza pizza. Maybe it's in this bottle. How many of you can relate to this? We are so busy escaping the present moment. We are so busy living over here in the future and back here in the past that we are not being present we are not connecting to one another we are not connecting to ourselves Eckhart Tolle says the presence is all we ever really have right now is what we have this exact moment is what we have the last time you lost your car keys or your cell phone? Maybe that was this morning. In fact, some of you right now are probably thinking, actually, where is my phone? (laughs) I see see you guys shuffling around. I mean, I'm guilty. I lose my phone and my car keys all the time. It's because I have a Mary Poppins bag. There's so much in there. (laughs) I can pull a lamp out of that thing. I spent most of my life being a zombie being unconscious searching for happiness in 2013 I had just had my second child it was a son and that meant I had the million-dollar family it also meant that my life would be forever changed You see, I became a millionaire. I had a successful career. I had the perfect family, the perfect house. I drove a BMW. From the outside, everything looked really good. People would say, Deanne, life is going so great. And I'd say, yeah, it's great. On the outside. On the inside, I was dying. On the inside, I was miserable. I had been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I had depression, postpartum anxiety. I was in a place that was so dark, and yet I had to keep exuding this light. It broke me down so deeply that one day I started thinking about the fact that it would be better if I wasn't here. Maybe it would be easier for my family and an end to the suffering that I was feeling so deeply inside. And so I was laying in bed one night and in a place of needing just this miracle to happen in my life, for me to see what I needed to see, I began to pray. I said, God, can you please show me what I'm supposed to do because I can't do this anymore. I'm dying. And the energy in that room changed. I felt a presence. I felt an angel. And I felt that angel come in and sit beside me on that bed. And that angel showed me everything I saw a beautiful vision of what I could create. I saw my soul truly for the first time. I had connected with something so far deep inside myself that I had hidden away and buried away. And the beauty in that experience in that divine intervention was this. I had an opportunity to create meaning in my life. I had to run towards my soul. I had to face those things that were so deep inside me that I had stuffed away for maybe, maybe past lifetimes and particularly this lifetime. I had to dig deep. But you know what, I was ready for it because it was either death or enlightenment. I chose to run towards my soul. So I'm gonna share with you the solutions that I have to this zombie apocalypse, okay? This is the cure, people. We do ridiculous things to resist going inside our souls. After all, the, the path to our souls can be painful, and some of you can relate to this pain. If only we could see the glory of what treasures lay beyond the pain, we would run towards our souls. And so my first piece of advice for you is to run towards your soul. Do not worry about the pain and the suffering on the way there. That's part of the process and it's beautiful. Run towards your soul. Now, this next one, I am a really big fan of Re- Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. You guys know who that is? Yes. Yes? Hey? Yeah. Okay? And he says this, when you believe more in what you don't see than in what you do see, then what you do see, you won't see, and what you don't see, you will see. <laughs> Let me break this down a little bit for you. Okay? This is a tricky one. Hey, The more we believe in the things beyond what we see with our narrowed lens and our narrowed view, the more we believe in the possibilities of what we can create and manifest for ourselves, the more we believe in the love and the faith and the hope, the more clear this world gets. I had the privilege of going to Mexico this summer. My partner has a house in a place called Mulahay. Okay, it's on the Baja Peninsula. It's a little village. It's not touristy at all. And so we heard about this beach with all these wonderful shells, okay, all shapes and sizes. But we had to venture a little ways to get there. So. We go to this village, we figure out we have to go down this dirt, kind of sand road through the desert, and we drive about 20 miles through this desert hoping that we'll find this beach. And we find this beach, there's nobody there, it's complete isolation. And we are excited, we're like, this is great, Like we have the beach to ourselves, let's go get some shells. So we get out of the truck, and we go and collect these shells, and it's so hot. It's 42 degrees, 108 Fahrenheit, okay? and we hop in the water cool off and we're like it is just too hot let's take our shells and let's get out of here so we hop in the truck and we go to leave and our tires begin to spin that's okay we're from alberta we can get out of anything okay (laughs) and so we're trying to get out and the harder we try the deeper we sink that's okay we have our phones we're gonna call carlos and he's gonna come or he'll know how to get out of this situation because we're in the middle of nowhere. No cell service. So panic begins to set in, especially because we watched Narcos, Mexico, and El Chapo the whole flight down. (laughs) So in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, the cartel's gonna pick us up and we are dead meat. That's my first thought. And then I get past that fear And another fear comes up. We are gonna die of heat stroke and my legs are gonna be so chafed from these jean shorts I'm wearing. I'm in trouble. I'm in big trouble. And so again, fear is just kind of taking over. So I push fear aside and we pack up what we think we might need. We're, we, ha- we take as much water as possible, I grab a towel in case we need shade coverage. Like, I don't know, I've never walked 20 miles through a desert before and, in 108 Fahrenheit. And so we get these bags and we start walking. And something inside me reminds me that I'm not seeing the full picture here, that I'm just seeing a very narrowed view. And so I begin to do what I always do when I need help, and I begin to pray. I said, angels, we need a solution to this problem right now. Show me a way to get out of this. There must be some way. Even if we get to the village 20 miles away, we don't know if they're going to even understand what we need and how are they even going to help us, right? All of these things are coming through. And so I say, angels, please come and help us. Get us out of here. And we walked about 10 more yards as I focused on this intention. And over the horizon comes a white, one-ton, dually pickup truck with a winch on the front. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. What are the chances? And some of you might be saying, oh, coincidence. Okay. But I believe that I asked for that Savior. And that man was so gracious. He helped us. He pulled us out of that sand. And there were no problems. I was willing to see what wasn't there before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was willing to see a solution. And how many of you are forgetting that there is so much more? That you just are not seeing yet mm-hmm. that's my second piece of advice the cure I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet yeah. oh Gandhi yes. and it's not just about allowing other people to walk through our minds how many of you walk through your own mind with your own dirty feet yeah. <laughs> our ego minds are so powerful And we need them. They serve a purpose for us. They keep us safe. But those ego minds can also keep us stuck. I had worked on a degree for eight years. I worked full-time. I raised my children. And I'd worked really hard on this health administration degree. And I was in my second last class. It was epidemiology, not my favorite class. And I went and I wrote my test and I felt pretty good like it was a little bit tough but I felt pretty good and I failed for the first time in my life I failed an exam and I was devastated but that's okay I got a rewrite rewrote with flying colors however it came to the very last course in the degree I'm at the finish line folks I'm almost there And it was my last exam of my last course in this degree. And I went in to write this test and I could feel the anxiety and I could feel my ego mind starting to say, you're never gonna make it. You're gonna fail this one too and you're gonna have to rewrite. And if you rewrite, then you might not make it. And this started playing in my mind. I wrote the test, and I felt so devastated by the time I was finished, I had convinced myself that I failed. I got to my car, I bawled my eyes out, and for three days, I felt so anxious. I felt so tense. I decided to write my instructor and say, I know you're probably not marking the tests yet, but can you please, can you please mark my exam and give me some peace of mind because my anxiety is through the roof here. My teacher wrote me back and she said Deanne I don't know how you possibly can believe that you failed when you got an 86% how many of you have created those stories in your mind about a different reality than what is lots of us do that right and so stop letting yourself walk through your mind with dirty feet. Stop letting others walk through your mind with dirty feet. Put that ego mind in check. We can become the observer of ourselves and when we do that, we take charge. We have control over our thoughts. This is the biggest power we give away. We decide what we want to think. Not everybody else, we decide. Start choosing your thoughts. Our thoughts are what create our feelings. And when we begin to take our power back and choose our thoughts, that's when the magic really starts to happen. And so I leave you with this because you have a choice. Do you wish to be conscious or do you wish to be a zombie? You choose. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. more you. you. can learn more about Thank you. at you. can you. can learn more about